0: Hey folks, this is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Back for the Locked on Bucks podcast. It is Thursday. I'm recording this. Uh, Second to last podcast previewing the Bucks' big game this weekend at San Francisco. Uh, Lots to get to today on the podcast. Uh, We continue to have big injury news every day this week, it seems. And and honestly, going back to Carolina week, it seems like every day. Uh, But on Wednesday, uh, you know, if you remember a day ago, Uh, We had wondered which of the injured players would come back for what is kind of the first full practice getting ready for uh, San Francisco. A lot of optimism that uh, some of the gang that had missed the Carolina game would be back. Uh, And the big news is uh, not only did Doug Martin not practice on Wednesday, uh, but Dirk Cutter made a point to say that he's had a setback in his recovery from the hamstring injury that has sidelined him uh, since way back in Week 2. Uh, so he's kind of out indefinitely. So we're in. Uh, Bucks fans were certainly hopeful that they would have had Doug Martin back and healthy uh, after the bye week, after four weeks off. Uh, instead, we are back to wondering uh, when exactly Doug Martin will come back. This, of course, is a bigger deal because the Bucks are also without Charles Sims, who would be his top backup. Uh, it means they're going to lean heavily again. On Jacquizz Rogers, who had stepped up so well in the Monday night game against Carolina, had thirty catches, thirty carries for uh, one hundred one yards. Uh, they have signed Anton Smith, uh, veteran former Falcons backup, uh, which makes more sense now if you know that Doug's out for a while and you want to make an upgrade on the uh, the rookies. They had stepping in as a backup to uh, Rogers here. Against the Panthers. So, uh, Doug Martin, again, we don't know. It's interesting. Dirk Cutter said uh, the setback happened a week ago Sunday, so literally the day before the Carolina game. Uh, And a lot of you have asked, uh, it's kind of like how do you get fired on your day off. How do you get an injury setback on a walkthrough day the day before a football game you're not playing in? Uh, And again, these hamstrings are funny. It might have been just uh, was doing some training, doing any kind of... uh, you know, rehab workout and push things too much. Uh, again, this could be a one-week setback. This could be a long setback. All we know is the Bucs uh, haven't put him on injured reserve, uh, which means they think he can play again this season. Uh, but that's all they're saying. Um, so moving forward, Jacquez Rogers is the guy again. Uh, again, what helps, and we'll get to this later uh, after we talk to injuries, but uh, what helps is that the Bucks are facing a historically bad 49ers run defense. Uh, we had mentioned that the Niners gave up 312 yards to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in a 45-16 loss. Uh, their, their run defense is worse than the NFL right now, giving up 174 yards a game. Uh, to find a defense worse, you have to go all the way back to the 1985 Houston Oilers uh, who gave up uh, 175.9 yards. Um, just, a, like I said, historically bad 49ers defense that Bucks will go up against uh, with whoever they run with. Uh, there was some good news on the injury front in that Gerald McCoy was back and practicing. Uh, Dirk Cutter said he was full participation. The injury report said he was limited participation. Uh, the Bucks said that Dirk had misspoke. Uh, but it's good for McCoy if he participated enough that his head coach thought it was full participation. That bodes very well for him being able to come back from this calf injury. Uh, what the 49ers do best is run the ball, and having Gerald McCoy back certainly uh, changes the Bucks' ability to stop that. Uh, now, while Gerald is back, two other starters on the defensive line are not back. Clinton McDonald still sidelined with his hamstring. Uh, Robert Ayers still sidelined with his ankle injury. That goes back to week two as well. Uh, so, Bucks still very short-handed. They did get some players back uh, earlier in the week in terms of guys like Cecil Shorts, uh, Lewis Murphy, Luke Stocker. Uh, we don't know whether Murphy can come back after a single week of practice from an ACL surgery and be active on Sunday. Uh, to me, uh, the Bucks, one other piece of news from Wednesday was that the Bucks did promote Dante Dye, uh, the receiver who was with the team last year, promoted him. He had just signed him to the practice squad Monday promoted him from the practice squad to the active roster on Wednesday. Uh, to me, them promoting Dante Die strongly suggests that one of those two injured receivers is not going to go. The Bucks really don't dress. Uh, they have six receivers on roster, and they don't dress six. Uh, usually they, they would dress four or five. Uh, so the fact that they would go ahead and already elevate Dante Die from the practice squad tells me they expect him to be active, which tells me that either Murphy or Shorts would be inactive. Uh, Cecil Short seemed very optimistic he'd be able to play. Uh, feels fine, Was felt good going through practice. Uh, Lewis Murphy, uh, to his credit, is also very optimistic about how his knee is doing, how he's coming back. Uh, but again, with him, it's more a matter of trainers clearing him, uh, him getting the green light to, to really test that knee after only a week of practice uh, with cutting in routes, with lateral movement, with <coughs> with contact uh, with defenders on Sunday. So, uh, again, the, the injury recap, just to go through things. Uh, obviously, Vincent Jackson now is out as well. He's on IR uh, with his knee injury as well. So, Doug Martin out, Charles Sims out, Vincent Jackson out. Those are all the big offensive hits right now. Uh, everybody else would be in play for the Bucks right now offensively. Defensively, uh, still no... Uh, I guess I have to include J.R. Sweezy on offense. I don't even know if I count him right now just because he's never been there. Uh, but defensively, Ayers and McDonald's still two big absences there. That means they'll have, you think about a starting defensive line, uh, obviously they have Will Golston, stout against the run. Uh, he will be one starter on defensive end. Uh, I would think they probably still plug Devonte Lambert in at the other end spot right now if uh, if Ayers can't go. And then you'd have Noah Spence as kind of your first end coming off the bench and that that pass rusher role Uh, with gerald in on one side they could put Akeem spence on the other and have two fairly good defensive tackles up the middle Uh, it's just a matter of uh what you have for depth there there's not much there it'd be it'd be channing ward the rookie and it would be john hughes the guy that made his bucks debut uh against carolina uh what's interesting is as you look across the aisle to the other injury report uh, the 49ers are missing Carlos Hyde, who is, is probably their best uh, offensive player. Um, there's not many things that the Niners ers do well. They are last in the NFL in total offense, last in passing offense, last in rushing defense, 27th in total defense. Uh, they are, however, fifth in the NFL in rushing, uh, averaging 123 yards a game, and a big chunk of that has been Carlos Hyde. Uh, third quarter of Sunday's game against the Bills, he gets thrown down to the turf, injures his shoulder. Uh, their backups make the Bucks' backups look like uh, Jim Brown. Uh, behind Carlos Hyde, again, Carlos Hyde has 429 yards and six touchdowns. All they have are two guys named Sean Drons, Drawn, Sean and Mike Davis. Um, Sean has 26 carries for 55 yards. That's a 2.1-yard average. Uh, Mike Davis, young running back out of South Carolina, has 10 carries for 18 yards. Uh, so again, they, they probably have less in the cupboard for backup running backs than the Bucks do, uh, at least having somebody like Jacquez Rogers, who had a big game this year. Uh, the big name, uh, you think about who uh, Colin Kaepernick is throwing to. Uh, one guy the Bucks know well is Torrey Smith, the former Ravens receiver. Uh, you go back to uh, 14 uh, under Lovey. Uh Buccaneers gave up, uh, I think, five touchdowns in the first half to Joe Flacco and the Ravens. Uh, Torrey Smith had two of them in what ended up a 48-17 Ravens win. Uh, Torrey Smith had 11 touchdowns that year. Has not been the same guy in San Francisco. Had four touchdowns last year. Has two touchdowns this year. Uh, but still probably their most uh, dangerous offensive weapon in terms of what the Bucks will be trying to contain, especially if the running game is not there. Um, so I went back and looked, in terms of what else we're talking about here, uh, just at this... 49ers run defense just to give you an idea of the opportunity the Bucks have there um, again if Doug Martin were here you'd wonder if Doug can can have a big kind of game the last time Doug went to California uh, he is from California uh, and the last time he went to his home state was as a rookie in 2012 went for 255 251 yards I guess a uh, huge game against the Raiders in a big Bucks win there uh, just a you know Breakout game for him, kind of what put him on the map, if you will. Uh, so you know it's bothering him on a personal level that he can't be back for this game, uh, not only back in the Bay Area, back in San Francisco, but uh, facing this defense, uh, this run defense. And again, the 49ers aren't at full strength. They've got uh, Navarro Bowman, their linebacker, on injured reserve now. Ray uh, Ray Armstrong is on injured reserve. Uh, and the guys they have are not getting it done. Uh, four straight te- uh, four straight. Games. I'm looking here at the numbers overall. Uh, you know, we brought up the Bills with 44 carries for 312 yards. That was the most by anyone against the 49ers since 1958. Um, but even before that, uh, the week before, Dan Johnson, uh, David Johnson goes for 157 yards and two touchdowns. week before that, Ezekiel Elliott goes for 138 and a touchdown. Um, Dallas ran for 194. Carolina ran for 176. Uh, this, this 49ers run defense has been gashed pretty consistently. It's funny. They opened the year uh, with a shutout win against the Rams. They take Todd Gurley and hold him to 47 yards on 17 carries. Uh, the Rams rushed for 65 as a team, and it's like, wow, this is, this is a good run defense. And, and since then, uh, they're giving up uh, you know, almost 200 yards a game on the ground. Uh, five straight backs have rushed for 100 yards against this 49ers run defense. Again, some of these are pretty good. LaShawn McCoy, uh, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, those are three of the best running backs in the NFL. There's really less shame in having those guys go off on you. Uh, But uh, Michael with the Seahawks went for 106. Fozzie Whitaker with Carolina went for 100 yards. Fozzie has 85 total yards the entire rest of the season in Carolina's other five games. So uh, even when backups have had the chance to play this team, they've done pretty well. Uh, We talked about Shady McCoy went for 140 yards and three touchdowns in that win on Sunday. He had three touchdowns total in his first five games before facing San Francisco. So a big opportunity. Uh, they are inside linebackers that are filling in. A guy named Michael Wilhoyt, uh, graded by Pro Football Focus, as the worst linebacker in the NFL against the run. Uh, the numbers certainly back that up. Uh, so right now, again, this is an opportunity for the Bucs, uh, kind of like Carolina was, in terms of where can backups step in and play like starters. Um, there's going to be... Challenges for the Bucks defensive line, uh, but it looks like the Bucks defensive line is not going to have to face Carlos Hyde. They're not going to have to face any kind of top running back at all. Uh, so then the question is, is what they can do to contain Colin Kaepernick. I think Kaepernick rushed for 66 yards last week. Kaepernick didn't have that great a game passing. Uh, had a single touchdown, went 13 of 29, pretty low percentage completion percentage, uh, but rushed for 66. So what they have to do first is is contain him. Because if, if you don't uh, have him under control and he can get the running game going, that can kind of jumpstart uh, a more traditional running game. But uh, right now, uh, this looks like a game the Bucks can win. This is a game they're favored on the road. Uh, Bucks have not done well out West. Uh, I think they're 5-15 and 15, uh, against West Coast teams, against uh, Western Division teams, I should say, since the uh, realignment in 2012. Uh, but again, this is a this is a big opportunity because the Bucks can get themselves to three and three if they can win this game. They have not been three and three uh, in any season in uh, I guess it's five years. I think the last time they had this good a record. If they win, uh, they were four and two and then managed to lose their last uh, eleven after that, and then finished up uh, five and eleven in the season. It's just you know, it's one of those where uh, the opportunity is there. Uh, the Bucks have a chance for this to be a reset with this bye week in that uh, you get the win, you get the positive momentum of beating Carolina. Uh, you get a little bit of momentum even during the bye in seeing the Falcons lose to the Seahawks and seeing uh, Carolina drift even farther back in the division to where uh, there's a lot that's in play for this team. We talked about the, the weak defenses overall they're going to face here in these final 11 games. Uh, they're going to come back after San Francisco and be home against the Raiders. Uh, they have a quick turnaround after that with a home Thursday game against the Falcons, and obviously the Falcons are uh, looking like a much different team than they were when the Bucs beat them in Week 1. Uh, so there's a little bit of that grind with three games in 12 days coming up here. We had looked, uh, when the Bucs have had these stretches where you go Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, and you have three games in 12 days, uh, it has not gone well for the Bucs. They are 1-8 in those stretches over the last three years. Um... And they've lost all three in the Thursday game, in that short turnaround game. Um, you know, the Bucks are going to have, when Atlanta comes in, Atlanta's going to be on the same uh, quick turnaround. And Atlanta has to do it with travel. They're traveling from Atlanta here to Tampa for that game. So there's adversity on both sides in that game. But this is a huge three-game stretch. Uh, if the Bucs can come out of this, 49ers, Raiders, Falcons, and, and win two of three even, uh, they'd be sitting there at four and four. Uh, and then you can catch your breath You get two, three extra days after that Falcons game before you have another home game. Uh, nice stretch of three home games in a row. So if you're sitting at 500 uh, at 4-4, four and four, momentum, you would have had one, three out of four at that point. Uh, there's a lot of things that are in play for a Bucks team like that. They would probably be within a game of the wild card in the NFC at that point. Uh, But a lot of it has to start with winning the games you're supposed to win. And the 49ers, uh, I think when we started the season, we had written this down as one of their easiest games on the schedule. Um, I think the 49ers were probably even worse than expected. Uh, Chip Kelly, I don't know that things have taken for him. That offense tends to be an offense that is off the field in a hurry, which puts a burden on the defense. Um, If you have a, a hurry up or a no huddle or an offense that works quickly, uh, the downside is if you get off the field quickly and your defense is back on the field and gassed because they're on the field too much. Uh, but we'll see. There's one more day for us to get to uh, breaking things down f- to preview the game on Sunday. Uh, Excited to go across the country, go to San Francisco, and take that in. Uh, but this is a, a business trip for the Bucs. This is a big deal. Uh, they have injuries in key positions right now, as they did against Carolina. Uh, But they need to do what they did in Charlotte. They need to to get through that and push through that and find a way to win. Um, And they have an extra week to do that. Uh, I don't know that the players have an extra week, but the coaches certainly have an extra week to try and craft a plan to beat these 49ers. It's not often that you have uh, a week more than your competition to prepare for a game, but they have that. Uh, So it's a good opportunity for Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith, just as veteran coaches, uh, to take advantage of that extra time and find a way to set this team up to beat the 49ers. That will wrap things up. Uh, Actually, you know what? I I do want to get one thing I had not gotten to and had neglected from yesterday's podcast uh, in terms of just answering questions you guys have uh, on Twitter, asking things. Anytime you have any kind of questions or comments for the uh, podcast, please hit us up um, at LockedOnBucks on on Twitter. You can send us an email at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, and again, one of the questions we had uh, David Mays asked us uh, yesterday before the podcast, we didn't get to it, uh, said the buccaneers need to use Noah Spence more. Uh, no one has seen his true potential since he's been on the bench. And, and again, this is something where as the season progresses, we will probably see more and more of Noah Spence, uh, not only because he is learning the defense and getting more confidence and the coaches are getting more confidence in him, uh, but also he's getting healthier. Uh, that Carolina game, he came back and played with his shoulder in a harness. Uh, had a dislocated shoulder, had a, a slightly torn labrum in his shoulder, uh, which is an injury that can sideline somebody quite a bit, was able to play through it, uh, wasn't particularly effective. But in that game, they just needed as many healthy bodies as they could. Uh, so given 13 days to rest that shoulder, I would think he can be a lot more potent uh, against the 49ers here. You know, those ends uh, have a couple responsibilities. And they you're trying to be a pass rusher, Uh, but you also have to contain Kaepernick. If you're running straight at him and he gets outside, uh, you've lost contain, and now he's running free uh, and and creating problems for the defense because you didn't keep him in the pocket. So these defensive ends not only want to get to the quarterback, but they want to keep the quarterback uh, where they know where he is. They want to take away the dual threat aspect of a quarterback like Kaepernick. I think Noah Spence uh, can handle that. He has the quickness, has the athleticism, but he has to be uh, fundamentally sound, technically sound, to, to get to the quarterback without compromising the outside and uh, and putting them at risk to seeing Colin Kaepernick running wild as he did Sunday in piling up 66 yards. I do think Spence can uh, can do something here. I mean, with Robert Ayers being out, they don't have a sack leader right now, you know? I mean, I think uh, one or two sacks is as much as anybody on this team has, so there's an opportunity for Spence to set forward. If he can get a sack on Sunday, uh, he'll be right there. Um, you know, he only has... One sack, one tackle in the first five games. But uh, you know he's got 11 games here where he can kind of set himself apart, uh, maybe take advantage of the opportunity with Robert Ayers being out right now, and establish himself, even if it's just in these passing downs, as a guy that can get to the quarterback on third and long. Uh, so that's that. Thanks again for the questions, for the interaction we have with you guys. Should wrap things up for this edition. Uh, this is episode uh, 59 in the books. I, mean, I said 58 earlier. I don't know if I did. But episode 59 here. Uh, on a Thursday. One more to preview. The 49ers will be back, but for now, this should wrap things up. Thank you guys very much for listening, uh, for subscribing here on the podcast. Really appreciate that, uh, having the audience we've built up here over the last 12 weeks. That will wrap things up uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and the Tampa Bay and TampaBay.com. Uh, this is Greg Allman wrapping things up for the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. <laughs> Bye, singing Dog. <laughs>